Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. The 1911 is one of the most iconic firearms in history. Designed by John Browning, the 1911 was the standard-issue sidearm of the U.S. military from 1911 to 1985. While Colt produced the original, almost every major firearm company has produced its own version. It's wildly revered for its reliability, crisp trigger, and is still a favorite for all types of shooters. Whether you're looking to buy or build a 1911 and just about everything for guns, log on to MidwayUSA.com. Wise people don't need advice. Fools won't take it. Benjamin Franklin. When I started the AT, I was uh, at the, the cabin in Maine. And there was a uh, Nimble World Nomad was there. And uh, and I can't remember his name, though. But another somebody who had hiked with Nimble World Nomad was also there. And he's, you know, this older gentleman. I think he's, like, he's in his 80s. And... He said something to me where he was like, I hope you find what you're looking for out there. And I was such a little jerk, you know, like I didn't say this to him, but I'm, in my mind, I'm like, what am I looking for? You know, like I've hiked, like I'm 30, whatever. Like I know, I don't, I'm not looking for anything. And I think, boy, was I wrong. <laughs> you know, I was so wrong. I learned so much. I'm Doc, and this is the John Freaking Mirpod. Welcome to the John Freakin' Muir Pod. Lace up those boots and sling on the pack for a romp through trails, short and long. With your host and renaissance man, Doc, it's time to embrace the suck. Welcome back to another week on the trail, dirtbags and hiker trash. I'm Doc, and this is the John Freakin' Muir Pod. Let's start off with a reminder. If you are enjoying the podcast, take just a minute to help us out. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. And if you're not enjoying the pod, well, just go ahead and keep that to yourself. All right, let's get to this week's guest, a thru-hiker with one of my favorite trail names so far. Welcome to the John Freaking Muir Pod, Heather Daigle. How's it going, Heather? Going very well. Thank you, Doc. How are you doing? Good. I, I, it's just, it's a, it was another epic day. Uh, I wasn't outside enough, but I made it through. And here I am talking to you. And I, let's get right to it because I, I mentioned in the intro, one of the best trail names ever. Uh, what is your trail <laughs> name, Heather? Uh, my trail name is Egg. Egg. And it is also my nickname. <laughs> Well, that's beautiful. I mean, that, you know, the, the name transcends the trail. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. 
And how did you come by the trail name or nickname Egg? So it admittedly was a nickname first. Uh, it was a Halloween costume. I was working at a brewery in Denver uh, and I wanted to be something that was, I'll rephrase it. I asked myself like, what is the least sexy thing you could be for Halloween? Like I'm working at a bar, it's gonna be busy. And I was like, an egg. And so it was this like 360 uh, cage thing that I built and wrapped and felt. I just fit through a door. Um, and yeah, I was an egg for Halloween. Uh, I had little armholes, my arms were up like this, like pouring beer uh, Halloween night. <laughs> my coworker definitely did not enjoy it. I took up the whole tap. Um, but then yeah, it just kind of became a persona from there. Uh, and then it moved over to the trail. Uh, some people had tried to give me some other trail names that I didn't really like the nature of them. And I had pitched it to somebody I'd met on the Arizona trail the first time I tried to hike it. And he was like, yeah, egg sounds great. I still didn't latch onto it. And then when I went over the Appalachian trail, uh, I, I don't know, I just brought it with me. I liked it. <laughs> now with that costume, and you're working in a brewery and your hands are hanging out of these holes. If, if you're not watching on YouTube, she did a great example of where her hands would be. How, how that had to impede your ability as, as a server. Oh yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. It was great. Um, and it was like pretty uncomfortable too. And I will say the night before I didn't have time to uh, make the holes to the arms. I was going to like a kind of like a house party thing where there were bands and Oh, I don't know, the whole shebang. And so anything I needed done had to be done for me because I only had a hole for my face. <laughs> yeah. Um, nice. You yeah, pull it your was face a great out, costume. Pull your face out and then put your arm through there and that, that could have been a whole disaster. <laughs> but I like I like that uh, that term, the whole shebang. The whole shebang. That might be the title of this episode. I'm always on the lookout for a, a good title during the, the episode. Uh, during the episode. The whole shebang. Now we have a contender on this uh, podcast. We mostly talk about, you know, stories on the trail, but, you know, working in a brewery, you've got to have some good stories from working at a brewery. I have to imagine. Yes, it was a, it was a really fun place to work. Uh, Yeah. I no longer work there, but uh, yes, we had, we had fun there. (laughs) Yeah. I think my second career, I think I'm going to work at a brewery. I think that that's a perfect fit. Heck yeah. Yeah. I mean, usually it's, you know, great people come in, you have great coworkers and it's not open as late as other bars, which is also a plus. So <laughs> also a plus. All right. Hey, Egg, have you had a chance to listen to the podcast before? Yes, I have many times. Many times. Oh, okay. Yeah. Thank you. yeah. <laughs> have you listened to it while you're on trail? Yeah. Yeah. That's actually how I started listening to it. I think it was, I can't remember who it was that was on the show, but it was somebody I knew. And so I was excited to hear their episode. And then I downloaded a handful of episodes and more than a handful, probably. Uh, Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that is nice to hear. Sometimes, you know, I I, I talk to my guests here and I publish the episodes. Occasionally, you know, I'll get some feedback on Instagram or on, you know, via email from the website. Uh, but sometimes I wonder if I'm just talking to myself here or we're just we're just talking to each other. And if anybody's actually listening, it really tickles me to know that somebody is out there on the trail listening 
to to my podcast. That, that just I know I know uh, Barney uh, Scout man. You know his dream was to be able to walk through an airport and have somebody read see see somebody reading his book. And so it's, it's kind of kind of a thrill of mine to hear that people are out there actually listening to it while on the trail. That's that's what it's meant to be. Awesome. Yep, I was. <laughs> okay. Do you have a, a favorite guest or a favorite episode? I don't know if it would be fair. <laughs> okay. All right. One. <laughs> okay. Good yeah. point. Good point. <laughs> hey, I only ask about uh, if you'd listened before, because I want to make sure that you're aware of a segment towards the end called the pro tip inside of the week. That's where I'll turn to you and ask you to share some trail wisdom with our listeners. So don't be surprised when we get there. All right. All right. I'll be thinking about it. Okay. The must bring gear review. Hey, egg. Another feature we've been doing this season is the must bring gear review sponsored by the ultralight backpacking gear company, six moon designs. I really like saying, Hey, egg. I mean, that's a, <laughs> that's a great trail name in case of emergency. It's, it's, you know, it's monosyllabic. And so it's, it really short, get your attention, get you out of danger in, in a flash. And it's just fun to say, but uh, back to the, to the, uh, the must bring gear review. <laughs> Uh, if you were to let a stranger pack your bag with pretty much generic gear for a multi-day hike, what is the one specific piece of gear you would insist on being packed? And if you got a specific piece of, uh, uh, I'm sorry, if you got a particular brand for that specific piece of gear, even better. So, Egg, what is your must-bring piece of gear out there? I've honestly been thinking about this. Um, and... I think for a while, like as I was listening to your show, I was like, what would I say? Um, for a while, I was going to say probably my quilt. Like I really like my quilt, but I I think it has evolved to, uh, I think it's Luco tape. Um, <laughs> like there are other, like, I don't know, anti-blister solutions that just haven't worked for me. And on the last trail I was on, like Luco tape, it was big for me and for the people I was hiking with. Uh, so it's probably, yeah, it's probably that. Okay. Now, Luco tape, <laughs> I mean, with, with athletes, you see them put them all over different parts of their body, depending on, on their sport they're doing and, and maybe what's, what's tender or sore, or what needs additional support. You see it on calves, thighs, arms. Uh, are you primarily talking about Luco tape for your feet? Yeah. I use it only for blisters. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. and I guess maybe I also use it to uh, hold together a rip in my little foam sleeping pad thing, but <laughs> that wasn't right. successful. But <laughs> it's, it's a health it's a health aid and gear uh, repair kit all in one. Yeah, yeah, and you can make friends with it. You know, like um, I think somebody had introduced it to me when I had a uh, a bad blister on my first hike, and. I can remember what it was. And then, I don't know, I rediscovered it pretty recently. And then it was like, you know, I was like giving it out to friends on this last trail. We were pretty blistered up. So. <laughs> All right. And as you are calling in tonight, where, where are you sitting right now? I, I see this great colorful background behind you. Uh, I'm sitting in a Starbucks uh, in 29 Palms, California. Okay. Yeah. Not too far away, maybe maybe a uh, hundred miles or so from where I am right now. And are oh, really? are, there, are there people in the Starbucks looking at you, going, "What is this woman doing?" <laughs> no one's looking at me, so maybe I should be making a little more noise. No, okay. just kidding. Um, yeah, no one's looking at me. It's pretty quiet in here, which is good. 
<laughs> okay. What time do they close? Nine o'clock. The lobby closes. Drive through okay. is nine thirty. <laughs> All right. You should be, you should be okay then. We should be done by then. All right. <laughs> All right. Hey, let's let's talk about gear a little bit. Um, I, you mentioned that you did the AT, you did the the Arizona Trail as well. What? Uh, how, how big was your pack? What was your base weight? I don't know. Um, I would say it's not super duper light. Like I don't. I'm not under ten pounds. I wouldn't say, but it's probably somewhere around like I don't know, the ten to thirteen range is my best guess. All right. I think there's, there's, there's a, a few different types of hikers. There's hikers that know exactly to the ounce what their base weight is because they're trying to shave as much weight as possible. And they, they wear it as a badge of honor, right? They, they want to tell you that, Hey, my base weight was six and six and a half pounds. Uh, you have other hikers who say, you know, I'm not sure how, how much it is. And is, is that kind of like the ignorance is bliss kind of philosophy that I'm not going to worry about it too much. I think it's like, I think I still watch ounces and I'm always trying to lighten up pieces of gear. Um, but I think in total, like, yeah, I just don't fully know. I think there's some gray area pieces too. I'm like, what counts as my base weight and what, uh, I don't I can't say that I don't care entirely. Like I will weigh my pack, uh, before I go, or I have weighed my pack before I go, or if you get somewhere where they have the option, like they have a scale in the hospital, it's like I step on it and then I step on it with my pack. Like I want to know. Um, but I don't, yeah, I guess I don't know what to achieve. (laughs) And then there's, there's a third type of hiker who is typically an ex-professional athlete or ex-military first time long trail hiker who wears it as a badge of honor, the other direction. I've got a 60 pound pack and I am prepared for anything. And I've got, I've got at least two of everything in case the first one fails. Probably a good person to hike around. Yeah. You pick, <laughs> you pick up some spare gear, right? After, that, <laughs> yeah. after, after the first couple of nights when they start leaving stuff behind. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I figure it's like, for me, it's like, I want my pack to be as light as makes sense for me. Um, I think that's more from like an injury standpoint and like trying to push myself in terms of how far I can go in a day. I'm not particularly fast, I guess, but it's like, I I don't know if I'm going to lug it around. I'd like for it to be kind of light, but mm-hmm. at the same time, I've hiked with people who are, you know, they have twice as much stuff as me and they're probably twice as fast. So, I mean, whatever's comfortable, I don't know. <laughs> right. And what, what brand bag do you carry? What's your pack? Uh, primarily I carry a Ponce. Okay. Uh, so the V2 is what I've mostly been rocking. I tried another pack. I was carrying a granite gear. I think it's the Virga. I wanted to see if I could fit my stuff into that pack. And I carried that on the Colorado trail and I, I couldn't bring it over to the Arizona trail. It was too small. Okay. <laughs> And what what but, is the capacity? What's the liter capacity of your your current pack, the Polanco? I think it's like thirty something. I okay. think thirty something liters. Not one hundred percent sure. Yeah. Okay, that's that's. That a, could be totally wrong. It's know. a nice look when you <laughs> when you make your lips move different directions like that. When you're like, I'm not, I'm not sure. It's good. If, you, <laughs> if you're not watching YouTube, and... you're missing out. You got to you got to tune in on here. Okay. It, <laughs> Let's let's keep talking about gear a little bit more. 
It's the hiking pole. With the hiking pole. And that's pole spelled P-O-L-L, like a survey, not, not the kind you carry out on the trail. I'm going to ask you seven questions, Egg. And the, and the purpose of this uh, survey, the hiking pole, is for me to assess exactly how crazy you are. So I'm going <laughs> to, at the end of these seven questions, I'm going to assign a score to you uh, on a scale of one to a hundred with one being completely insane and 100 being completely sane. Now you have to know, and you're probably already aware of this because you've listened to to the podcast before, that anybody who's done one of the American long trails, like uh, like the AT, like you've done, it's an automatic 25-point deduction. There's no way you can score 25. higher than 75. Yeah. So your high score is possibly 75. All uh, right. Egg, if I were to ask <laughs> your, your parents, your family, your friends, uh, who may not uh, be part of your family, just in regular civilized city life, if I asked them to give you a score between one and a hundred, where would you fall? What would they tell me? Probably, uh, I'd say like high sixties. Really? They think <laughs> yeah. high. Okay. They say this, this girl so. is pretty grounded. She's got a, a good head on her shoulders and makes all the right decisions. That's right. Mm-hmm. Okay. What about, what about your coworkers at the, the brewery? Oh, yeah. Maybe oh, not yeah. as high. <laughs> it took a turn. Maybe not as high of a score. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> All right. So that tells me you got your friends and family. Yeah, you got them fooled. So let's let me yeah. let me do my my evaluation of you. I've got seven questions. They're all hiking related. Uh, this will give me a chance to see wh- which side of the issue you fall on. And in addition right. to your answer, give us a little bit of an explanation as well. That'll that'll help you with my scoring. All right. That sounds yeah. good. And this is completely subjective. It, it's all whether or not I agree with you because it's my podcast. <laughs> okay. and I, I get to do that. All right. Okay. All right. First question. Trekking poles or no trekking poles? I don't have a simple answer to this one. Uh... <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I don't like trekking poles. I'd rather not hike with them. Uh, I want both hands free. I want a snack. I want to like adjust my stuff but yeah primarily i want a snack and but it's i don't know i get aches and pains especially at the beginning of a hike and then also i i don't have great balance so i've been all over the board with trekking poles it's like i've started a hike without them and then had them sent to me or i've started a hike with two and then i mailed one home and then i mailed the second one home and had none and um yeah I feel like I'd like to not need them ever, uh, but I do have to lean on them from time to time. But I've shipped them back and forth a a decent amount. (laughs) Egg, this is going to be a great episode. Usually I ask that first question. It's a very simple, straightforward question. People have have a... (laughs) You know, there's there's no doubt in their voice whether whichever side they pick. But you have really started off the hiking pole in a spectacular fashion. Um, you know, you you get sore, and you admit that the poles help with 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 that soreness. You you have bad balance. You admit that the the poles help with that bad balance. Yet the poles get in the way of your snacking. So you know what? Let's get rid of those dang poles. Don't get in the way of the snacks. I also think that. I don't know. We were out the other day and I was using one pole and I think I'm slower with the poles. Like, I think my brain is 
has to think of this like third leg and where I'm going to put it. Like, I don't know. I think it slows me down, but it probably helps preserve my legs. Yeah. Now I don't know. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know that there's an instruction guide that's been made for, for hiking poles. I, at least I haven't found one. They don't, nothing comes with the poles when you get them, but it seems <laughs> to me, and here, here's my issue with poles is that, you know, when you, your left foot goes forward, your right pole should go forward. And then, you know, by, and, and you know, it kind of alternates that way. So your, your opposite pole should keep up with your opposite foot. And that really helps you with pace. So when I, when I think about that, I can really make good time, but oftentimes I'm not, I'm not doing that. I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm picking and poking and, you know, putting it wherever. And then I realize, oh my gosh, I should be, you know, my right pole should be, you know, with my left foot. And then I get, you know, kind of focused on that. And I don't know, it's just a cycle that I go through that is annoying sometimes, but um, it, you know, I, I admit it does get in the way of snacking now. Mm -hmm. You got to do like the under the arm tuck and then like, right. yeah. Yeah. And if you ever stop to take a picture, <laughs> right. And you lean your poles up against your, your stomach and you're taking a picture and then you lean the wrong way and then the poles fall on the ground and then you got to bend down with your pack to pick up the poles. <laughs> yeah. I, I can see what you're talking about. Okay. One more thing to manage. Okay. Question number two, question number two on the hiking pole. We talked about blisters and Luco tape earlier. Let's talk about what's on your feet. Do you wear boots or trail runners? Trail runners. And you still get blisters. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. I've gone through it with my feet. Like I think they're just misshapen or something. <laughs> Like I've cried in the shoe store. They're like, we don't make shoes for you. I don't think like when you look at them, they're not, they don't look super abnormal, but I've gone back and forth between like a supportive trail runner. And then I've gone into ultras and then, you know, it's like something is, there's no perfect shoe yet for me, but I think my problem was like, I need more support than an ultra, but I have a wide toe box. And so, or I have a yeah, wide toes. I'd like a wide toe box. And I think something about that zero drop, like I get blisters on the bottom of my foot. Like if this is my foot, I get them like right here. Um, and these are my toes <laughs> right here. Right. So on the bottoms of your toes, you're getting the blisters. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I had some, I had a absolutely disgusting blister uh, this fall. Like, uh, yeah, I don't know. And I think it's from the zero drop. Although the last time I wore them, I wore them on the Appalachian Trail, and I didn't have problems with blisters. I don't know if it was like the sand of the desert or what it was, but so trail runners. Okay, now egg, egg with the misshapen feet. That when you look at them, they don't look they don't look weird, but you know they're they're misshapen in some way. Um, and you've had you've had many blisters. What is what is your approach? with with bad blisters do you pop them do you not pop them how do you how do you what is the correct approach the correct approach ah all right um, or, or, or what is your approach I don't, it doesn't have to be <laughs> yeah, correct like, what is your approach i like this authority i have uh <laughs> i will stick with the correct approach no um i pop them uh like i i see what they do for maybe a day or two but as soon as they start getting too uncomfortable like i drain them for sure. Especially the one that was on the bottom of my foot. That mm -hmm. thing, I couldn't be walking with that. Um, yeah. 
Now, have you ever had the experience yeah. of walking and you can feel the blister, the blister forming, right? And you, you got to keep on going. You're in the middle of your middle of the day. You keep going, and by the afternoon, you're. I was sure on the High Sierra Trail that I had a blister on my foot that just it had to be humongous. It had to like you know I was gonna, I was going to take off my shoe later that day, take off my sock, and I and like half of my foot was going to be just this blister. And when it happened, I took off the shoe. I took off the sock. It was this itty bitty, little itty bitty thing, right? This, this small blister. Have you ever had the experience where you've you've pulled off the sock and you're like, "Oh, holy cow! Look at that! That is that is just huge." Yeah, yeah. This same blister just comes to mind. It's like this one terrible blister. Um, well, actually, I had one on each foot, but at different times. But yeah, yeah, I guess so. I've been like, "Oh shoot! Like this is." This is now something to manage. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Question number three, when it comes to your shelter out there, are you, do you have a tent? You go with tarp, hammock, bivy, or hey, let's just cowboy camp. I have a tent. Uh, I have the Z-Pack, the Plexman, I think. Um, yeah. I, you know, cowboy camping... I almost hate to say it, but it's like, I like to be in the tent, you know, I'll do it. I'll cowboy camp more when other people are around. Uh, but I definitely have that little false sense of security. I'm like, it's me and my little thin feet of whatever. And yeah. And I like, I'm, I kind of explode. So it's like my stuff just kind of ends up in all these little piles and it's like a container for my mess. <laughs> An explosion inside the tent. Got it. Now you mentioned earlier the answer to this next question. I'm going to ask it anyway. Sleeping bag or a quilt? I use a quilt. Yeah. Yeah. What brand? Yeah. Uh, I have a catabatic. I think it's the, the watch. 15 degree quilt. It's been great. Yeah. Um, uh, no complaints there. <laughs> Are you a side sleeper? Uh-huh. Yeah quilts, yeah. Seem, quilts really seem to help with, with side sleeping. You're just not as constricted as you are in that, in that bag. Yeah. Yeah. I think that was like in, in the places that I was trying to shave weight, that was probably one of the first spots I went other than actually first I went with the backpack, which was a mistake, but yeah. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Say that again. You went without a backpack. Hmm. The first place I think I tried to shave weight was the backpack. Okay, like I went okay. for a light backpack before, before getting light gear. So then I just had a bunch of heavy stuff in a backpack, not meant to carry it. Yeah. Got it. I thought I, th I thought you meant that you just got rid of the backpack in an effort to shave <laughs> weight. I was going to carry you know quilt under one arm and <laughs> yeah, that would all my awkward. snacks under the other. Yeah, that's right. That's all you need: quilt <laughs> and snacks. Done. Got it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Hey, speaking of snacks, when it comes to food out there, question number five, uh, do you use a stove, cold soak, or go stoveless? Um, I, again, don't have a one, one <laughs> answer for this. Uh, I cold soak and I use a stove, not simultaneously. Like I'll bring the stove if I think it's going to be cold and I would benefit from a hot meal, like consistently cold. 
Um, but I prefer to cold soak. Yeah. <laughs> and if there's not going to be, if fuel is going to be a pain to come by, I'll cold soak too. Got it. The, the sound of my pen, that's the sound of points being taken away. <laughs> I figured. Okay. Like, uh, cold soak. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Question six, is life better above or below the tree line? Again. <laughs> I see a trend. I don't. Yeah. Indecisive. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I would say. I, they both offer something great. Uh, I mean, I love being above tree line when it's beautiful and sunny, and uh, I like being in the trees as well. Uh, but I don't like being above tree line when it's like me and then the clouds forming and having that bit of fear, kind of a kind of a weenie when it comes to that. Uh, <laughs> and then also, I don't know how canyons factor into this. Because it's like they're below the they're well below the tree. Well, no, there are trees and canyons, but it's like I I like that area too. So, yeah. okay, no easy <laughs> answers with you. I see that. Yeah, uh, my right, my last... point uh, my score is just dropping <laughs> rapidly. Last question in the hiking pool: What's more important, pack weight or luxury items? Pack weight. Okay. All right, well, egg. <laughs> Egg, I've got to I've got to put your answers through the uh, the uh, the John Freaky Mirpod uh, algorithm here. It might break it. I don't I don't know. The, this is a very <laughs> complex set of of data. Um, just bear with me a little bit. Got to do some serious math. I got to carry the seven. <laughs> got to divide by pi, and multiply that by root three, and we're going to adjust for the wind speed and temperature at the top of McAfee knob. And I come up with a score of thirty seven. 37. That's the lowest score I've ever heard on this podcast. I think you, you, you really setting the mark here. Very good. Congratulations. Thank, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. At least I'm not right in the middle, you know, uh, well, you, you know what? Yeah, your answers were kind of, you know, one way or the other, a lot of you know, kind of waffling, but this is decidedly on the, the Southern end of 50. So. Huh? All right. Anyone come to mind that had an even lower score? I'm just kind of wondering who my people are out there. Well, Jeff Garmeyer <laughs> was in the 30s, so you're in good company. Wow. All right. <laughs> you and legend. Egg and legend. There you go. Hey, legend. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hey, Egg, before we get too far down the trail, let's back up a little bit. We'd love to hear about where you grew up. Um what kinds of sports and hobbies were you involved in as a kid? And how did you get involved in the through hiking cult? Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, I grew up in Acton, Massachusetts, uh, so central-ish mass. Uh, and as a kid, yeah, I had a lot of, a lot of hobbies. Uh, I grew up with my grandparents and, uh, they they kind of put me in all sorts of things. So I was really into art. I played, yeah, a lot of sports. I mean, like, kind of dabbled as I was young. And then in high school, I was a cheerleader. And um, <laughs> as well as uh, I played lacrosse. Uh, and I did a very little bit of hiking, but, like, we didn't do 
I like I spent time out outside as a kid, but we didn't do like camping and backpacking and that sort of thing. It was more like running amok in the neighborhood and catching frogs in the pond and stuff. Um, yeah, and then I got into backpacking. Um, I went to school at University of Vermont, and they have this program called Trek, and it's like before orientation, you can go out for a week, uh, and it was like backpacking, kayaking, rock climbing, I don't know. They offered all these different things, and my grandmother was like, you should do this, and I was like, no, I'm not interested. Like, ah. She was like, no, this really sounds like a good opportunity. I'm not sure what her intentions were, like if it was just like, this could be great for you, or if she's like, get her out of there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But uh, I loved it. I think we it was like, on a stretch of the long trail. And I had, I had never, I mean, maybe I'd heard of the Appalachian Trail, but I didn't really fully understand that people walk these long distances. And so uh, it was six days on the long trail. I don't know how many miles we covered. I, I'd be surprised if we covered 30 miles, <laughs> maybe. Um, and then at that point, I was like, I'm going to come back and hike the long trail. But then I had no interest in anything longer than that. I was like, people who hike the Appalachian Trail, like, I don't, I don't understand that. Uh, but then when I was on the long trail, I finally did do it, like, I don't know, almost 10 years later. Uh, and then meeting people on the Appalachian Trail, I was like, okay, maybe I see why people do this. And, and I kind of just snowballed from there. Now, I have a couple of follow-up questions for you, Egg. It's a lot of information right there. Uh, first, I want to go back to your high school experience, cheer and lacrosse. Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, I, I, I was, I was a high school educator, high school principal. So I know, I know that they're not mutually exclusive, but I, I think that in a lot of people's minds, cheer and lacrosse sound like th that isn't the same set of kids. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, I don't have one answer for anything, I guess. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I like to think that our cheerleading squad, we were kind of like this band of misfits. Like we weren't your typical, like, I don't know, like what you would see in the movies. We were all a little weird. <laughs> yeah. I'm reminded of Freaks and Geeks, right? You're talking about band of misfits. Yeah. That was that was a, a yeah. show about high school life. Back, it was actually filmed at the high school where I was principal. Really? Yeah. Yeah, really. Yeah. Wow, that's a great yeah. claim to fame. Yeah, so I mean, if 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 someone if they're if they're filming the Misfits at your uh, at your high school, uh, chronicling your experience as a cheerleader and a lacrosse player, which which actress would would be playing you? Oh, this exposes one of my <laughs> my uh, my shortcomings. I I don't know actresses and actors names at all <laughs> like i know who leonardo dicaprio is <laughs> because i had a crush on him in elementary school and that's like pretty much it it's not not <laughs> a lot of tvs out there on the trail huh yeah well i mean it's not i do watch it just my memory doesn't hold on to that for some reason Got yeah. it. Okay, we'll, we'll stay away <laughs> from actors and actresses for the rest of the podcast i don't want to thank you so much <laughs> i don't want to make you feel uncomfortable Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I also am intrigued though, that you did this stretch of the long trail uh, in college. And then you, you said you're going to, you're going to do this someday. And it took you 10 years. What, 
what were the barriers between that first experience and you finally doing it or what did it have to kind of sit in your mind for a bit or did you have other things you had to you had to attend to yeah um well i said i said that i was going to do it at the beginning of college and so all that time passed mm-hmm. uh, i had, i was involved in the outing club a little bit especially at the start uh but i wasn't I could have been more active in it. I think I got a little distracted by other college things. Um, and then, I don't know, I, I was trying to pay off student loans. I was kind of like, I moved back home for a year. I moved back to Vermont for a year. I moved back home again. I was saving up to move out to Colorado. I Like, I'd always seemed like I had, I don't know. I don't know how to put it. Like there was just always something standing in the way. It mm-hmm. felt like, um, which that's not the first time it's happened. That that seemed to be a trend for the first handful of years. Once I moved to Denver, I was like, I want to do this. Then I got a boyfriend, and after a couple of years, I was like, I'm going to do this, whether you want to come or not, sort of thing. Maybe it wasn't so harsh, but maybe it was. And um, <laughs> and but even after that, I still found it was like. Uh, I would want to hike, but something would come up. Uh, I think that's one of the hard parts about hiking is, or long distance hiking. It's like, it's really, for me, it's, I have to be pretty disciplined in that. I don't want to have, or how do I put this? It's like, I have to be disciplined in that life can't come in the way, which is hard. You know, through hiking can sort of feel a little selfish sometimes yeah it is a big commitment and you have to you have to make it a priority um you have to put aside a significant amount of time from your life from your everyday life to get this done yeah but then once you do it and you feel it it's like i don't know at least for me it's i that's where i'm where i feel this is so cheesy. It's like where I feel most alive. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love, I love that you lived in Vermont and then you moved to Colorado and then decided to do the long trail. That's, that's perfect. <laughs> that's par for the course. Okay. Hey, we're going to take a quick break. When we get back, we're going to talk about uh, the long trail as well as the AT and the Arizona trail. So stay tuned for that. We'll be right back. From the backcountry to the backyard, we believe everyone deserves the highest level of protection. Since 1984, Sawyer Products offers the best, most technologically advanced solutions for protection against sun, bugs, and water, using time-released liposome technology, topical insect repellents, and new standards in water filtration. And with every Sawyer product you buy, you are helping to provide clean water through 140 charities in 80 countries with their long-lasting water filters. Every Sawyer product you buy is an investment in our common humanity. Choose Sawyer and keep the adventure going, knowing that their products have been tested and chosen by those who count on serious protection on the trail all day long. Six Moon Designs has been innovating ultralight backpacking gear for the past 20 years. With a wide range of products ranging from ultralight shelters to backpacks and accessories like their extensive line of trekking umbrellas, 
Six Moon Designs is sure to have a great piece of gear for your needs. With the company philosophy being that gear should aid one's experience, not define it, Six Moon Designs thinks the more time people spend outside the natural world, the better off this world will be. And remember, go wild, live young. This episode is sponsored by Jolly Gear. Are you tired of compromising between the ventilation of a button-down and the full protection of a sun hoodie? With the Triple Crown button-down, you can have the best of both. Plus, their fun standout patterns will have you the talk of the trail. Visit them at jollygear.com. Thru-hiker owned, Jolly Gear, where fun meets functional. Want to make a podcast? Spotify's got a platform that lets you make one super easily, then distribute it everywhere, and even earn money, all in one place for free. It's called Spotify for Podcasters, and here's how it works. Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer, so no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then, you can distribute your podcast to Spotify, and everywhere else podcasts are heard. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify. With Spotify for Podcasters, you can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. And best of all, it's totally free with no catch. Since I discovered Spotify for Podcasters, I feel like my creativity has raised to another level. I highly recommend you give it a try. Download the Spotify for Podcasters app or go to www.spotify.com backslash podcasters to get started. And welcome back. We are talking to Heather Daigle, rhymes with bagel, uh, aka egg from a Starbucks in 29 Palms. Uh, all that just sticks in my head. I don't know why. And usually on this podcast, the, the beginning of the second segment, we get into different stories from the trail, different different hikes that you've hiked. Uh, today, though, we're doing something a little bit different. We're going to talk about a couple of, of big issues that are important to egg. And we're going to see how those kind of evolved and played into her different hikes. So uh, let me just kind of set the stage. Let's talk about the fact that obviously you're a woman and hiking as a woman, as a solo woman, this is, this has come up a a couple of times on the podcast with some of the, some of the guests that there are different things, different issues that as a solo female hiker out there that, that uh, impact you as a hiker and you need to think about and be cognizant of and, uh, may impact how, how you, you do your hike. And then also, you know, if you look at social media out there of people on the trail, everything is bright and sunny and uh, like paradise and you're, you're living your best life out there. And uh, people talk about how many miles they do in a day. And so as a hiker, also, I think uh, for, for all hikers out there, I think there's a pressure of, uh, being, you know, not just, not just talking the talk, but walking the walk and, and having that hiker persona, that ego. Um, and I think you, you've got some information for us. You'd like to share about, you know, how that's also evolved for you. So, I mean, those are two big topics that I think we can weave through the, the different trails here. How do you, how do you feel about talking about those tonight? I feel great about talking about them. Yeah, I'd, I'd say they're both important to me. And, and yeah, 
Okay. We'll see what comes out. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see what happens here. So you've got a number of of hikes under your belt. You did. You've done the Long Trail. You did the Appalachian Trail. You've done the Arizona Trail twice. One and a half. <laughs> One and a half. And you've also done the Colorado Trail. Mm-hmm. And so, talk about these 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 big themes. How how did you approach those hikes? What were, what were your feelings on that first hike of the Long Trail? Uh, being a solo woman out there. I, I really factored that into my planning, like almost to a very obsessive degree. Uh, and I think there were some big learnings for me in, in doing that by myself. Um, I mean, I almost hate to admit this, but like I looked at all the shelters and their proximity to the roads and I, I planned out where I would stay based on how deep into the woods they were. So I was like, uh mind you this is you know well actually i guess it wasn't that long ago it's probably like six years ago but it's like or five it's like i didn't want to stay at shelters that were adjacent to the road because i thought that that would make me more accessible or something um and i think i had all of these ideas about what it would be like to be alone and i was pretty scared to go out there um but I think as I got going, well, it's like I did meet people, uh, and I, I think I started, I got like a whiff of the groove of through hiking where it's like, you can't plan or I can't plan every single day out like that, even though that's a, you know, relatively short hike compared to some of the longer ones. But yeah. So yeah, I was, I was going in pretty nervous. <laughs> And, you know, yeah. I had my pepper spray and like the whole thing. <laughs> yeah. You know, in, in my previous conversations with different women, we've talked about different <laughs> topics and different ways it's impacted. This is the first time I've heard of someone planning their hike and where they're going to stay, depending on how deep into the woods the shelters were. I mean, that's, uh, you know, as, as I, I hate to even say this, cause it sounds like, you know, privilege. And I, I, I just, you know, I, it, it feels icky. As a guy, I, I I don't even think about stuff like that. And that that is just, it's kind of a wake-up moment for me, hearing, hearing you talk about that. Yeah, I mean, nothing really has ever, nothing really sketchy has ever happened to me. Like, I on trail. And I know people that have had pretty um, hairy encounters or other women that have had questionable encounters. But... I mean, I think on the long trail, I did have this like drunk guy with a gun come up to me and that gave me a fright. Like I ran away from that man, <laughs> you know, but I found another hiker and um, a male hiker. And I was like, will you hike with me and camp with me tonight? Uh, I just, I feel really spooked. And that's probably the worst thing that's ever happened. But I'll also say that on pretty much all of my hikes, I've been hiking with the exception of a good portion of the Arizona trail on the last go around I've been hiking with men and that it that changes everything in my mind like I would never sleep in a gazebo in the middle of town by myself probably uh but I do it with two guys and I mean now you know I wasn't really needing a ton of female through hikers um I I was fortunate to make some connections on the Arizona Trail that uh, and I would maybe do that with 
with uh them but uh yeah I've like hiking around guys like unfortunately it just was like a lot of those worries that I would have when I was by myself would just like fade away yeah but like hiking because they're like a security blanket yeah a little bit yeah like yeah yeah I guess so Mm -hmm. and what in terms of bonding on the trail I mean, we've talked about uh, in the past about how quickly you open up to, to strangers, people you've never met before. You know, within five, 10 minutes, you're, you're telling things that you haven't told your your best friends back home or your family members. And so how, in terms of meeting meeting guys out on the trail, um, not, not in any kind of like dating type of scenario, but just hiking in terms of a tramley, I mean, how, how, what, what is the bonding process out there? How quickly do you bond with folks? I would say fairly quickly. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I think I like to think of myself as somewhat accessible. Uh, you know, I like to make jokes. Maybe I'm not as quick to make jokes, uh, when I first meet somebody, but, uh, I think I know how to keep a conversation going usually. And, uh, yeah. And I think in almost all of my hikes, I've been a little just a little bit off season, it seems like. And so the absence of people uh, has made it so that the the people that I do meet, like we're so stoked to see each other and then we start gabbing. <laughs> All right. Now you say off season hikes, when when do you typically go? When, when have your hikes taken place? Um. Well, the long trail was, I would say, was on season. Like, I started, uh, I think, in mid-August and then hiked into middle of September. Um, I The first time I tried the Arizona Trail, I was early, maybe by a week or so. Um, and there weren't many people out there. Uh, I did connect with people. Like, it wasn't just me by myself. Um, but it wasn't, I wasn't seeing multiple people a day. Um, Appalachian Trail, I started, well, I went southbound, so that immediately changes things a little bit, I think. Uh, I've never gone northbound, so I don't know. Uh, and I started in mid-August again. Um, and so, yeah, it was, it was like, I was just hiking at a, well, the tramway I had was kind of in flux. Like, we weren't together all of the time, but we were generally going the same place or same pace and the same place. Um, and yeah, but it, it, it wasn't like if, I mean, I did get along with them great, but it wasn't as if like, I didn't get along with them. There would be other people going at a similar pace. Like there was just, you know, we had shelters to ourselves and the whole shebang. So that was very nice. Um, and then I started the Colorado trail with people that I met on the AT, which is like a whole other thing. Um, <laughs> starting the trail with, that was my only time ever starting the trail with somebody. And that was really hard. Um, still love them, but, uh, and then I went over to the Arizona trail. Uh, I was going to go with, uh, somebody that I was hiking on the Colorado trail with, but didn't, it didn't work out that way. Uh, and so I started that alone and I was, I saw a couple of people, but they were, they weren't out for the whole thing or, uh, then I started talking to people in town and they're like, yeah, you're, you're way early. And like, thankfully I met, um, I met a gal named Fiddle at 
uh, the Grand Canyon. And like, I had to ask the ranger, I was like, is anyone ahead of me? Has anyone come through? And he was like, no. <laughs> I was like, oh my God. <laughs> like I was really mentally preparing to be by myself. Uh, but there was Fiddle and then there was uh, another woman uh, by the trail name of Tweety. And we hiked a good bit of that trail together. But uh, I lost my train of thought. I don't even know what we were talking about at this point. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting to see where this was going to go. That, that was awesome. That was awesome. Blah, blah, blah. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> well, Egg, let me let me ask you this. Um, you When you started the long trail, six years ago, five years ago, and you had this, this fear, you, you're, you're planning, you know, looking where the shelters are and how, how far away they are from the road. How, how has that changed or what advice would you give to a, a female hiker who is getting to ready, getting ready to start out on, on her, her very first uh, long through hike? What, what advice would you give her in this area of hiking solo as a woman? That's a great question. Um, I guess I would preface it by saying, do what makes you feel comfortable. Like whatever gets you out there is, is great. You know, if that's like color coding, which trail, uh, which uh, shelters seem the safest, not that anyone does that. Um, <laughs> uh, and then, you know, go from there. It's like, you'll, you'll learn about, what feels safe to you and then you'll you'll it'll all just kind of come together I think I don't know that's not great advice but <laughs> um you know whatever makes you feel comfortable but like you've got to be on the threshold a little bit of discomfort I mean that's half of hiking I think is like learning to live with the discomfort and as a solo woman like that's going to be there too but it's also like you know I think if something doesn't feel right like go with that feeling like it's you're better off making this what is the saying it's like safe is smart and if if you feel like you're going to make a decision that's going to keep you safe like go with that decision got it now let me pick up a, a little thread that you you dropped off a little bit earlier when you talked about starting off a through hike with friends with Tramley that you picked up on the at you you made some friends and you guys decided to hike the ct and you said that was that was a bit difficult, and I'm I'm just I don't know if I'm projecting here, if I'm if I'm reading too much into this. Did, does this does this did that situation play into this whole hiker ego, hiker persona type topic that we talked about earlier? I want to tread lightly on this one because I I mean I still very much love um, those guys, and I. That situation is pretty complicated. I would say the hiker ego topic is bigger than that, um, but they they aren't removed from one another. I think um, I think what well there were four of us that started. Two people got off in the first town due to foot injuries, or well one had a pre-existing foot injury that was oh <laughs> was, yeah. Anyways, um, he tried it. Yeah, and. Uh, but so they got up in the first town and then it was myself and um, my friend extra. And we had hiked, I don't know, probably like 1500 miles of the AT together. Like we went through all sorts of stuff and he was, and you know, is a great friend. Um, but I think 
the problem was like I had these feelings about Hector Ego and I'm sure and other things and he probably had his own set of feelings but we just weren't uh the the lines of communication weren't there and I think that's what was different for me was and starting a hike with somebody versus just falling into it was like we didn't really talk about what it was going to look like if paths started to split or like our wants started to diverge and and uh yeah I don't know so that was tough so hiking solo is easier in some respects than hiking with with uh, other folks because people don't they don't hike lockstep. I mean, things come up, people hike at different paces. Uh, priorities might shift in terms of wanting to spend more time in this location or trying to get this to this location by uh, you know a, a different date, and so that could cause complications. Yeah. And I think I took for granted the fact that like we hiked really well together on one trail and, uh, and I think I just assumed that we would sort of fall back into the same, uh, the same thing. But I think that the other difference too was like back on the AT, like, like I said earlier, like our family was kind of like, we were in flux, like we weren't together every single day, but I think the Colorado trail is shorter and there was this pressure and we had these, this idea of going over to the Arizona trail together. And I think, you know, it, there was, there was an added pressure from that. Um, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. And maybe we both had different, different things that we wanted out of the hike. And I, I can totally own that. I wasn't communicating those things uh, well at all. <laughs> so, yeah. And so how, how has your hiker ego evolved over the years or how have your expectations about hiking evolved? Oh gosh. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, I don't know if I outwardly came off like a jerk on the AT. Maybe I did. Uh, but I felt kind of like a jerk, like an example. Gosh, I don't even know where to start. It was like, I had this fixation over like big miles and, a little pack and um and I wanted to hike the trail and you know x amount of days and that was really important to me but if you ask me why it was important to me it's like I don't think that the reasoning was there it's like because I wanted the fast time it wasn't even like super fast or anything but it was like I wanted a time that sounded good and I didn't want it for my own reasons maybe or yeah I'm sure I had some of my own reasons but it just seems like I was pretty wrapped up in what a through hiking identity that I wanted rather than um, the hiker that maybe I was. And that definitely showed itself on the Colorado trail. Like, you know, my friend came onto the trail injured and I said, like, I don't care if we hike 15 miles a day. But as soon as I got out there, I was like, my brain was already like, I want to be hiking bigger miles and it's like, for what? <laughs> like, I don't know. Um, and I think another big thing that comes up for me around that is like, is social media. And it's like, what am I putting out there and why am I putting it out there? And it's like, I'm hashtagging things and I am like seeking this attention for what? And, and it's not to say that other people who do that have, are doing it for the wrong reason or what have you. It's all personal. I think for me, I just started to feel like, and maybe this is just a part of the process, but like, I, I didn't, it didn't feel like I was doing those things for me. And I thoroughly started to 
see, how do I put this? There are a few hikers that I talked to that kind of gave me a little glimpse of this like alternate hiking uh, uh, mindset over like just being fast and being light. Um, I think there was one, somebody I met on the Arizona trail the first time around that like really exposed me to this, this maybe, yeah, alternative idea around hiking. And he had all these amazing things. <laughs> um, and, you know, one of them was like the bubble fears itself, which I just love. It's like, you know, and yeah. Uh, and then, um, gosh, sorry. Now I'm thinking about him. Uh, <laughs> but it's, I don't know, stuff like, maybe this is a little sidestep, but it was like, people pick up your pack, like, they, they'll, like, pick it up, and they'll be like, ooh, that's heavy, and it's like, get away from my pack, like, don't feel my pack, but then you're, like, self-conscious about it, I don't know, I'm getting a little scattered here, but I think it's like, I, through hiking started to become almost sacred for me, and it was like, when people would ask me, like, where did you, you know, what day did you, when did you start? I would just say, I'd give like a general thing because it's like, I had felt what it felt like to feel self-conscious or like I wasn't doing good enough on the trail. It's like, compared to what? Um, and, you know, I started to see with the help of some friends, like it, it didn't matter how late my pack was. And it, you know, it didn't matter when I started. It's like, if I want to hike whatever miles, like, that shouldn't be for anybody but me. This is for me personally. I know there's like a world of SKTs and all this other stuff, but <laughs> this is just for me. Um, and I think that helped me in beyond through hiking. It's like, who am I doing this for? And like, what is my reasoning behind this? Like, you know, sometimes it does come down to like, yeah, I want to finish this trail in X amount of days because I want to do it on this budget or I want to be home for this thing and um or I'm yeah I don't know but I think there's a lot of ego out there and I'm not I'm not innocent in that at all but I think you know if we start to look at our ego and how it's showing up then there's a lot of learning in that too like that's really where I learned a lot about myself and I continue to learn a lot about myself yeah sounds a lot like judgment right? Don't, don't judge me. People are yeah. judgy out there. You throw, you throw out start dates and end dates and your biggest mile day and uh, what you're posting on social media. You're, you're, you're aware of the eyes that are on you, looking at you and forming an opinion about you. And that in turn, that inhibits the, the total experience for you. And so I, th I think that's what you're saying. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, it's like, and maybe it took time for me to learn this, but it's like, what a gift it is to just be walking. Like, how nice that is. Like, you just wake up with the sun or whenever, whenever you want to wake up, walk all day. You're eating snacks with both hands, hopefully. <laughs> and and then you go to bed and you do it all over again. You, like, meet great people. You see incredible things. Like, you go through things that seem, you know, I don't know. It's life in such a simple form. And, like... We don't really need all that other, we, you don't need that pressure. I don't know. I think you don't need that pressure. You are absolutely correct, Egg. Absolutely correct. <laughs> hey, let's talk about the, the Arizona Trail, the AZT. 
because you said you did it one and a half times. So I'm curious as to why one and a half. What happened with the half? What, what did, did you have some fun, <laughs> some some type two fun out there? Well, it was, I mean, the simple answer is it was COVID. Oh. Yeah, I started in late February of 2020, and I got I went north and every town. I was like hearing little whispers, and I'd get you know more information in them. But I was like, I'm not getting off this trail. Like, you'll drag me off this trail. But then I was like, all right, I'm, I'm going to get off this trail. Um, I need to a ride, first of all. The person who was going to give me a ride was like, I'm not coming out there past this date. Like, I'm coming to get you. So I was like, okay. <laughs> you know, there's a lot unknown. So, yeah, that was the halftime. Got it. But, got it. Are you familiar with Type 2 Fun? Oh, Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have any yeah. any good examples from the trail of type two fun experienced by egg? Oh man, I I would say like most of the Arizona trail is type two fun. <laughs> this year was I know it was good fun, but it was like, you know, my legs are like cut up and bloody. It's like so overgrown. There's freaking snakes, so many snakes. <laughs> and it's like funny after the fact, but like it's not so funny during during that. Um yeah. Gosh, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if I have a great one example of type two fun though. I mean, maybe if I really sat on it, I could think of like a little horror story or so, but. <laughs> okay. How about uh, highlights from the trail? What, uh, what, are, what are your, some of your favorite moments from the Arizona trail? <laughs> Gosh, there are so many. Um yeah I don't know meeting fiddle was a huge highlight for me I think I I joke about being a like about fast boys because it's like I just meet a lot of men on trail and to and I've met other women and but we just do a little bit of a different pace maybe or like they've got their own crew I, I don't really know what it is but meeting fiddle it was like everything we just got along instantly like that was such a huge highlight to meet another woman who had like similar interests in in what what we wanted to get done that day and we we could talk about trail talk about some of the things we we're talking about um that was just massive uh, i met other great people out there too um but that was big for me having another woman to to share that with and um i mean arizona is just so special like i just went back i actually <laughs> like i loved it so much that i have like a little bit of time off before work starts i'm like we went back we hiked into superstitions my partner and i and we like ran around and it's just so so beautiful yeah oh i don't know <laughs> hey, did i ask you what, what you do to pay the bills how you finance your adventures i don't think i asked you what what, what, what do you do to pay the bills uh i work at outward bound as an instructor uh, okay. so the colorado outward bound school so i'm the the key for me is to have very minimal bills <laughs> I keep the bills low so the income can also be lower. <laughs> yeah. Got it. Got it. Now, what was your major in college? Art education. Okay. Yeah, so that, I wanted to be an art teacher. <laughs> and does that tie into anything you're doing right now? I think so. Yeah. The experiential ed portion of it. Uh, yeah. I would say so. I think that the background in education helps. And do you see yourself ever becoming an art teacher eventually? Not at the moment. I really like working for Outward Bound. Uh, it's given me 
I've connected with the community that I just feel really grateful for. It gives me a sense of purpose and I like the work that we do. I mean, I love getting to share uh, these opportunities, like what happens out, what has happened outside for me and the ways that I've grown, if I can facilitate that for somebody else, even in like, or just even like witness it, just a little sliver of it. That's, that's funny for me. That's like chef's kiss. <laughs> okay. And how has, uh, through hiking, how has that impacted your relationships? Yeah. Um, I mean, I think coupling it with being an hour bound instructor has made it, I, I feel somewhat inaccessible to people who are close to me. It's like when I'm, when I'm working, it's like, I'll be in the field for, you know, maybe two to four weeks at a time. And during that time, it's like, I, there's no contact. Maybe like I could get a letter, <laughs> but like I'm out and I'm at work 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Um, and so that plus hiking, it's like, there have been just big things that I've missed for my friends or for family. Um, you know, it's like I get back from the field or I get in service in town and I get a, a call that's like, Hey, I got engaged two weeks ago, you know? And it's like, Oh, wow. I missed that by like quite a big mark. Um, yeah. Some other pretty significant things where it's like, I had to make a hard choice between uh, on the Arizona trail. Um, I had to make a really hard choice. Like my best friend's dad, who I, I was like, he's like surrogate dad. I mean, I have a lovely dad, but like he was a, a very important figure in my life. And um, he had been sick for quite a while. Like he was sick on the, when I was on the Appalachian trail too. And, and so it was kind of, I was always in this, process of making the decision like do I need to get off trail or or can I stay on and uh eventually I decided to stay on and I just had to tell myself like I like he may pass while I'm out here and I I cannot look back on that with guilt because I'm making this I'm making the best decision I have with the information that I have um yeah and I think it's just stuff like that where it's like maybe I do have a little remorse, a little bit of remorse around how I get to show up for people in my life because this other thing is so important to me. I mean, even now it's like one of my best friends is maybe getting married this September, but I'm over here like planning a trail and it's like, I'm juggling these two things of like, you know, of course I'm going to go to her wedding, of course. And it would, it would totally cancel the hike. It, it just would. But I have this, this selfish part of me that's like, are you going to get married next year? <laughs> you know, but I mean, it, it, there will always be things. Um, and I think it just makes me uh, hyper aware of like, it's important to me that when I have the capacity to show up for my friends, uh, that I, that I do it. And I try to find that balance. Like if I only focus on hiking, uh, I don't know if I would be a very good friend uh, because of how it's coupled with work. Um, yeah. There's a saying that the the trail provides, right? But in, in this <laughs> yeah. instance, in this instance, I mean, the trail provides a lot for you, but it also it also deprives you of of other things. It, it is there is a big trade off. Yeah, yeah, there definitely is. I mean, I think there was a period of time where I I was I had resigned to this. I was like, I'm going to be alone for the rest of my life. Like all my friends are like coupled up and in love, and like I'm just going to be 
alone. <laughs> and I was okay with that too. I was like envisioning my bookshelf and my, you know, whatever. I had this whole idea. Um, but then I also had like a five-year plan. I was like, I'm going to hike this this year and I'm going to hike this this year. And like, it's totally contingent and on just me. But then I met somebody and, you know, uh, and that's lovely too. And, but I think that only works because they also work for Outward Bound and they also do hikes. And so they understand. <laughs> yeah. But is is impact egg, in all relationships. Is egg in love? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Yeah. We're on a sweet little southwest uh road trip right now, just like living out of the back of the truck, running, doing a lot of running. Um <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, congratulations. Can you can you see the person you're in love with right now? Yes. They gave me their private, my privacy. He's like at the other end of the Starbucks. <laughs> okay. So your computer, but, your computer really wasn't in danger when you went to the bathroom. Someone was keeping an eye on it besides me. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah. That makes me feel better. That makes me feel better. I had a, yeah, two supports there for that. <laughs> All right. Egg, you said you had a five-year plan. What is next? What's next up for Egg? What's the next adventure? Well, um, I mean, my work is an adventure. Uh, so I start work mid-February. I'm working some awesome courses this spring and summer. I'm excited about, you know, I'm like in the, I'm rafting and backpacking around Moab. That's, that's great. Um, but in terms of personal adventure, well, that's a little bit on pause. Uh, I was in the process of planning the Haydu uh, for the fall. Uh, but I'm just kind of waiting to see what material like we had a kind of short window uh my partner he's got a wedding that he's going to go to in october his brother's getting married and then my contract ends in the middle of august so we we're going to try to sneak it in but uh if if another wedding pops up in september that's gonna squash that which is okay if you're listening to this it's okay but uh yeah and then i think on bigger sites uh i'd like to hike the pct next year um yeah I'm definitely thinking towards that. Fantastic. Now, if you if you do do the Hey Duke, you have to come back on and tell us about it. And when you do the PCT, you have to let me know when you're in the Acton Agua Dulce area so I can do some trail angeling for you. Oh, heck yeah. We could meet in person? That's right. That'd be great. I would love That's, that. Absolutely. All right. Hey, Egg, you know where we are right now? Am I going to give advice? The pro tip insight of the week. That's right. You you are a listener of the podcast. So you know that, that when I ask that question, what's happening? It is time <laughs> for you to share some trail wisdom with our listeners to make their next outdoor experience even better. What do you have for them? Mm. I guess I have two. One's okay. a little bit more of a, a lighthearted one. Um, <laughs> my first one would be... Uh, to not give unsolicited advice, <laughs> but this feels solicited, so I'll give it. Uh, my other piece of advice is... Well, hang on, uh, hang on. Before you get to the second piece, what happens when you give unsolicited advice? <laughs> well, you're probably going to walk away, and then whoever you gave that advice to might be like, you know, poking at you and or maybe cursing your name. <laughs> I don't know. I just feel like... And maybe this is a uh, this is not specific to through hiking, but I just feel like people love giving advice out there. They love it. 
So <laughs> I'm Amen. sure I've given advice too, but okay, uh, yeah. But my more serious piece of advice would be probably in line with what we were talking about with hiker ego and just like check in with yourself often. And like, I mean, it's hard to do what you feel is good for you, especially if you have the influence of the family and you want to stay with your friends or what have you. But it's like just um, try to, as this might sound cheesy, but it's like try to have that growth mindset and just like keep checking in with yourself and be open to the experience. Um, can I make it, can I tell like a little side story on that? Absolutely. <laughs> when I started the AT, I was uh, at the the cabin in Maine, and there was an uh, nimble wool nomad was there, and uh, and I can't remember his name though, but uh, another somebody who had hiked with nimble wool nomad was also there, and he's you know this older gentleman, like I think he's like he's in his eighties, and he said something to me where he was like, "I hope you find what you're looking for out there." And I was such a little jerk, you know, like I didn't say this to him, but I'm in my mind, I'm like, what am I looking for? You know, like I've hiked, like I'm 30, whatever. Like I know, I don't, I'm not looking for anything. And like, boy, was I wrong. <laughs> you know, I was so wrong. I learned so much. And I think that is just uh, kind of anecdotal of my advice. Just like stay open. You never know what you're going to learn out there. That is a great little story, Egg. And, you know, a couple things. Number one, you got advice from Nimblewill Nomad. Well, no, no, no. It was another it was another gentleman that he had hiked with in the past. So they were there, like, meeting up at the cabin or something. So I did not get any advice from Nimblewill. <laughs> but but Nimblewill was there. He was there, yeah. It was really cool. Yeah. Okay. You got to meet him? <laughs> yes, I I did get to meet him. I bought him a 12 case of Sprite for him to share with <laughs> the cabin. Yeah, I did briefly meet him. Nice. The other cool part of that story is now that you are further down the trail, you being able to reflect back on what you were thinking at that moment and realizing that was the wrong thing to be thinking. <laughs> That's happened, I'm sure, countless times. <laughs> I hope it keeps happening, you know? Yes. Yep. <laughs> And I love the growth mindset. That's a, a true educator right there. Talking about growth mindset. <laughs> yeah. All right. So there you have it. That's it. This episode is just about in the books. Hope our listeners enjoyed our time with egg. Want to thank her for joining us this week. Heather, how can our listeners keep up with you on social media and where can they find updates on your latest adventures? Uh, probably the only place that you could find me is on Instagram. Uh, and I'm a little touch and go with it right now. Kind of as per some of the things we previously talked about but um uh my instagram handle is egg is out there uh yeah that, that's where you can find me okay <laughs> remember to check out the pod on social media as well we are on facebook youtube instagram twitter and tiktok and if you've got comments or clips you want to share you can send it to me at john at gmail.com the adventure media recommendation all right, Egg. I'm also looking to you to share a recommendation for a book, a movie, documentary, website, something out there that's going to help our listeners stay connected to the trail in the off season. We call this our adventure media recommendation. Do you have something for us? I know you don't. I know you don't uh, know actresses and actors, but uh, how about, how about <laughs> yeah, movie right. titles? Oh gosh, yeah. Um, let's see. 
Well, I don't know where you can find this. I don't know if it's, I don't know where you can find it. Uh, but there is a documentary about women hiking the Appalachian Trail. It's called Through. Uh, I believe it's co-produced. One of my friends is a part of it. And I, I mean, just watching it, I was like tearing up. Um, but uh, her name is Lindsay Taylor Jackson. I don't know if that helps to find it, but I thought it was great. Um, and then, gosh, I don't know. I feel like I'm, I'm a little nerdy. I do read a lot of through hiking books. Uh, I don't know if I could recommend just one, but I really like the Barefoot Sisters book. Uh, there, I think it was one of them was just called like the Barefoot Sisters or something, and then the other one was called Walking Home. And are you familiar with these? these I, I have not heard of either one of those. So it's these sisters that. I think they yo-yoed the AT. I don't know. Maybe this was in the nineties, but they did it like barefoot. <laughs> and I just, I don't know. I really got drawn into their story. I thought it was good, but yeah. And like, whoa, are you, that's wild. <laughs> Egg, we've come full circle. We've gone from misshapen feet to uh, barefoot <laughs> hikes of the AT yo-yo even. So I can't <laughs> imagine what those feet look like. Yeah. You'll never catch me barefoot out there. Probably not even around camp. <laughs> <laughs> what have we not asked you all right and before we wrap things up tonight just one more segment for you called what have i not asked you that you're dying to tell us about what do we miss today hmm. gosh i don't know i feel like I, I mean i was a little all over the board so maybe we really got our base discovered but uh um, nothing's really coming to mind that I would say is uh, super poignant. Um, yeah, okay, shoot, I, see, I dropped I the see. ball on that one, Doc. That's all right. That's all right. I see your sweatshirt. Your sweatshirt says Virginia is for lovers. What is what is your hat say? I know there's something written on it, but I haven't been able to make it out. Oh, it says Mystic Alpinism. My friend mailed it to me. I I don't know. I mean. <laughs> Yeah, I, it, I get questions on it all the time. They're like, "What does that mean?" I'm like, "It's me, but yeah, it's mystical. I don't know. It's it's a mystery." Yeah. Okay. But I love Virginia, and my friend had this sweatshirt and gifted it to me because was, I was really into Virginia. So yeah. <laughs> all right. Hey, that's a wrap from the John Freaky Mirror Studio. Any shout outs to friends and family? Egg. Gosh. Um, well, first, I want to thank you for having me on. This is, I've been looking forward to this for, I mean, I love listening to your podcast. This is just like so wild to me that I'm hearing your voice in the fashion that I've been listening to it on other podcasts and then I am on it too. That's just so wild. Um, so thank you. This has been thank fun. You. Uh, and then, gosh, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if I could specifically call anybody out uh, just because it wouldn't feel, I would miss somebody, but it's like, yeah. Got it. Family has been so supportive. Friends at home, so supportive. Friends in Denver, also our bound people. And then all the people I've connected with on the trail, like really special, special friendships. And I wouldn't be where I am without any of them. Everyone's helped me get here. So I feel very, very fortunate. Oh, also, and yes, my partner too. Very, very supportive. Oh, yeah. Almost <laughs> missed him, but got him in there. Oh my gosh. Can you imagine? He's right there. <laughs> All right. Hey, thank you for tuning in. Always remember the trail is the trail.
doesn't care if you want to go downhill, doesn't care if it's almost dark and you're looking for a campsite. It doesn't even care if you just hike from the shelter that was deep in the woods and the furthest from the road. Trail is the trail. <laughs> Embrace the suck. <laughs>